Hi, I'm Nicole, and I'm an EFT tapping practitioner, and I want to help you learn how to use EFT tapping to grow as a person, to grow on your spiritual path, and to truly change your life in any way that you are looking to change your life. Because I believe that we deserve to have the life that we are meant to live. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get into the podcast. Hi, everyone. Before we get into the podcast episode, I wanted to just let you know about some things that I have going on. So if you've listened to some past episodes, you might know that I have a new space called the EFT Tapping Soul Circle. And I'm really excited about it because it basically puts all of my content, all 80 plus tappings, um, this podcast, also two free courses, one on 21 Days to Surrender with EFT Tapping, another course on how to change your life with EFT Tapping, as well as some live events. And I have one coming up on February 2nd on how to change your life with EFT Tapping. And again, this space is totally free and so is that event. So if you want to check that out, either just come into the space or sign up for the event, event spe- or sign up for the event specifically, you can do so in the show notes. And I also want to let you know that if if you ever want to go deeper and do any of this work that we're doing in the podcast or elsewhere um, and really dive into that in a deeper way, I work with people one-on-one and I do one-off sessions and I also do three months of one-on-one coaching. And if you have any questions on how to get started or what would be right for you, I offer 15-minute discovery calls where we can just chat about, you know, what is right for you and what you are working through. So check all of that out in my show notes, and I hope to see you either on a discovery call or in the EFT Tapping Soul Circle. And thanks so much. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Spiritual EFT Tapping Podcast. Today is going to be a talking episode where I'm going to talk a little deeper about my story than I ever have before, but just kind of to give you like not only something that maybe you can relate to, or maybe you can't, um, maybe just something that shows you that, you know, whatever you've gone through in your life, like it's possible to come out of it and come out on the other side of it because that's really the goal for me sharing this. But also just like giving you a deeper look inside like, you know, myself and the things that I've been through to get to, you know, where I am today and just kind of like sharing how that looks. So I've actually tried to record this like a couple times, but I really just want to kind of paint you a picture of almost like where I come from to how I've spent time getting myself to a different place. Um, and you know, I hope that it's going to help you today. I hope that it's going to give you some insight and, you know, maybe you can even relate to it. And, um, that's, you know, what I hope for, for today. And so just kind of as a like warning beforehand, I am going to talk about like alcoholism and just that like ways that's affected me. So if that is triggering to you, then, that's kind of like your warning. But um, yeah, so that's what I'll be talking about today and how that's played a role in my life and how, you know, how in a way like it's like forced me to go in the directions that I've gone in. So let's start from, you know, I'm going to start from like when I was a teenager 
and kind of talk about that kind of journey into now because I think that's what I like generally remember the most and know affected me the most. Um, So I am somebody who grew up with an alcoholic parent. Um, It's my dad who is still an alcoholic and I don't like in, you know, for the purposes of this story, um, I'm not going to talk about like my mom or anything. Like, I don't feel like that's, I understand now things about the story, I guess, if you will, but I have no interest in talking about them at this time. Um, because I think that it makes me uncomfortable to talk about like certain parts of things. Um, and I think that's okay. Like that's okay at this point in my journey in life. And so basically I grew up with my dad being an alcoholic and I really feel like that shaped a lot of my life. That shaped me as a person. That shaped my personality. That shaped my family life. Uh, you know, we had a very dysfunctional family life. And I really don't think that you realize that until you like come out of it and kind of start to figure out like, how is life supposed to look? And some people don't. Some people kind of like stay in that and continue on with that dysfunction. And, you know, that's just how it is. And, but I, you know, in my teenage years, I was very affected by just my dad and the way he acted around stuff. Cause if you're you know, unfamiliar with alcoholism generally. Um, And so this is my experience with my father, but alcoholism runs on both sides of my family. So it's still affected like both of my parents also um, without them even having to be, you know, my, my mom is not an alcoholic, but, um, but it's affected both of them even before they, you know, begin living their lives, if that makes sense. So basically, you know, when you're an alcoholic, generally a lot of reactions you have, a lot of emotions you have, um, especially when you're drinking all the time, come from how alcohol affects you. So I feel like my father was never like emotionally present at all, ever. Um, and was not like emotionally regulated and was kind of all over the place. And I feel like honestly, like I got kind of like the brunt of things, um, because I'm the oldest child. I'm the oldest of four. Like I have three younger sisters and I think that we all had different things we had to deal with, but, um, just in my position, I think more was put on me. And, um, my dad being an alcoholic was never physically abusive. He was just more emotionally and I guess mentally abusive, um, or verbally abusive, I guess you could say. And that kind of encompasses both of that. Um, and that is really kind of like what I dealt with in my life. And I think this part, like, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but, like, my dad is just was always very mean. I don't think that he sees himself as mean because I think there's also some narcissism in there. Um, I don't think he sees himself as the person that I feel like he's projected onto all of us. But um, he's always been very mean and said very, like, things that you would not think that parents say to their children. 
So I don't want to like go into detail on that because I think some people will understand and some people won't. And if you want to chat more about this, if you have that experience, I would love to like outside of the podcast. But um, for the sake of it being a podcast, I don't want to like go too much into it. I just kind of want to paint a picture of my life, if that makes sense. And so I had a really hard time with all of this. I didn't know because I wasn't taught how to. And this is how I saw, you know, the household and people kind of be. (laughs) I didn't know how to emotionally regulate myself. I didn't know how to not be like in negativity all the time. I think that's another thing is that alcohol affects everybody differently. But in my dad, it affects him like you know, it, I mean, alcohol is a depressant, but not all people react that way or that terribly to it. But my father does. (laughs) And it's kind of like just adding on to probably what already genetically, um, within our like family, like is lacking. Cause I feel like I've always had a kind of predisposition to depression, even without anything added on. And I've, you know, read since a lot, a lot of this can do with like genetically, like how you, um, you know, process certain things, how you like your serotonin and dopamine levels genetically. And I actually heard somebody, there's like this brain doctor on, I want to say Instagram and TikTok. And I think his name is Dr. Amen. I think that's how you say it. Um, but it was interesting because he had had this TikTok about how like alcoholics a lot of times generationally show like a lower amount of dopamine, um, gene- again, genetically. So a lot of times it's not always like the alcohol. It's like the alcohol is like what, I guess, is what that person kind of like allowed them to, I don't know, like make their dopamine levels higher or, you know, for a period of time. And so to continue to chase that higher dopamine and they've realized that alcohol has helped them do that in some capacity, they're continuing to chase the alcohol because they just genetically have lower levels of dopamine. So now that I'm saying this is exactly what is the problem within my family, but it's just, I thought it was interesting. (laughs) So anyway, That, you know, as you can imagine, like being in that environment, having that be, you know, what dictates my home life, not feeling like um, my home life was necessarily like safe all the time. Because, you know, even if you're not being like hit or really, really impacted um, like every second of every day, I think even some of the bad interactions will make you feel unsafe in your environment. And also unsure of like what's going to happen next. So I think then that creates a lot of anxiety. So a lot of times, and you can look this on up online, but there is kind of a thing of adult children of alcoholics where there's a lot of like kind of traits that um, a lot of them carry because of this specific scenario that I'm describing. And not everybody has the same experience. Not everybody like grows up the same way, but I'm just sharing for me how it impacted me. So for me, I think that I was such a depressed kid that, um, but a lot of it I think was really high functioning because I don't think that I really thought like when I in the moment, I did not think I was very depressed. But when I look back on it now, I think I was very depressed. Whereas like, 
I would like want to sit in my room for hours and not talk to anybody and not do anything. And I really like took to listening to music as my thing. Not that that makes you depressed or anything, but um, I could do that forever and like be fine. And there's just a lot of ways that I remember feeling in situations and in, you know, during high school and all of that, that I think I was just very depressed and I just didn't realize it. And it wasn't something that my family really talked about, honestly. So, um, but then I think there's that anxiety there that I also didn't really realize I struggled with at that young of an age either. And I think that was created from just feeling like my environment was not predictable or safe. Um, Because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how my dad was going to react to stuff. And that created a lot of anxiety. And, you know, you know, that's kind of that kind of reaction to things has continued throughout my life. Um, And I really think it starts from like your environment um, that you're growing up in and how you feel about it. Now, I think obviously other things can contribute to all of this stuff as you get older. I just think that for me, I look back on this and I'm like, This is, you know, I think where a lot of things start and then they continue. And then you kind of have to decide, okay, like, am I going to like stay like this forever or am I going to work on myself? And I, like, I have always been so interested in self-help and everything like related to that. So um, I was definitely not aware of any of this stuff, like when I was a teenager at all. And I would say that even like even in my early 20s, I was interested in self-help books, but I don't think that I really understood how specifically growing up in this sort of environment affected me until like a little later in my 20s. And I'm 34 now. So, you know, it's been like a journey. But I do think that looking at how all of that affected me, I think that affected the way that like the trajectory of my life and the choices that I made. And again, um, or maybe not again, I don't know if I said this, but I don't really think that anything that's happened in my life is like so terrible that I can't even believe that somebody put me through this. Like I'm just at the place now where I truly feel like the things that I've gone through were for a reason. Not that you're supposed to go through really terrible things and not that like people bring really terrible things onto themselves, but I see now like how there's certain things that I've gone through that if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, And that's, and honestly, even with my parents, I truly just like understand how much trauma they had to then like act the way that they did like, I understand how that can happen, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just truly at a place where I just, I accept that. I, I'm i not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stay ma- mad at my parents forever and I blame them for everything. It's not the point of this podcast at all. It's really to share that throughout this journey, I've been there. <laughs> like, I've been at that place, but I've just realized and also worked on this a lot to realize that that's not really useful for me. But of course, because I've spent time processing it and moving through it. So um, back to like kind of the trajectory of my life and all of that. Um, so when I was going into college, I really didn't want to go into college. I really had no interest in it. I, I didn't have any interest in like anything in particular except for a couple of things. But I'd already kind of ruled them out in my head because my parents made me feel like I wasn't going to make money doing anything, 
One being a cosmetologist, I like really wanted to do hair. Um, and yeah, I was pretty much told I wasn't going to make money. And then, um, I was very interested in human geography, which is like the study of people in different places. Um, and I couldn't find like a program that supported that because it was very like niche and it wasn't like, oh, you just major in human geography. It's kind of like a branch of geography. So yeah. So I really didn't know what to do with that. And I remember my mom saying like, well, you could try an accounting class and see how that goes because, you know, you can make money doing that. And basically I tried an accounting class and I, I don't remember, it wasn't like I walked away from that feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm like obsessed. That was so amazing. This is what I meant to do. I think I was just kind of like, I mean, I guess I can major in this. And honestly, I just felt like I was supposed to find something that made me money that didn't make anybody mad. And, um, I didn't have to like go through anybody like telling me what I was doing was, was stupid or anything like that, which is honestly like another part of growing up in the situation I grew up in. I think it made me a huge people pleaser. And I really didn't see myself like that because I also felt like when I was younger, I was so much more selfish, um, in situations. And I think that's truly because that's how my father is. And I really like took that and like ran with it in certain situations. And so I think that I thought, okay, like I'm just, you know, selfish in these different situations. So like, I'm not like, I'm not pleasing other people. Like I'm not going out of my way for other people, you know, but like when I look back at the choices that I made, they were all like people pleasing sorts of choices. They were all like, okay, I don't want anybody to be mad at me because of like where I'm going to college or what I'm going to college for, or even like the job that I get, like I have to have like a normal job out of college and I have to like be responsible and I have to look like this certain sort of person. And so I, you know, went to college to be an accountant. I afterwards um, really struggled finding a job because I actually went to college and graduated like right after the 2008 recession. So I don't know where you were at that time, but it was really hard to find a job. I moved back home for like a year after that, after living outside of my house, like at college for like three years. And that was really difficult. Like that was like such a hard time in my life because when you're out of like a dysfunctional situation and you go back into it, I think that you don't realize how your life can be when you get out of it. And then when you go back in it by like mine was pretty much by choice, but also not because I really needed a job. So that was so difficult because it helped me see like how like truly negative everything was, how truly dysfunctional everything was, which is like I knew and I would have been like 23, 24 at this time. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was such a hard year for me. And I finally got a job and it was back like where I went to college. So I moved back there with my boyfriend, my friend, and one of my sisters. And that's, you know, kind of what I did. And I worked at that job for 10 years, which nothing bad about it. But I do think that I ended up also getting in job in positions where I was people pleasing um because I had worked for one boss who I absolutely loved like he's my favorite boss I've ever had but I do think a lot of it was like almost like I want somebody to see me this certain way so I can like get praise from it um and then 
Um, the second person I worked for also like loved him and like it wasn't the same sort of situation, but it was also kind of interesting because that boss picked me for that job. So I was working for the president of my company, basically. And he picked me for that job because he thought that I was really like shy and quiet and kept to myself. And the the position was very confidential and thought that, that would be like a great fit. Like I was a great fit for that job. And that's literally why like he was in talks with me to like get that position. And I thought it was really great at the time. And it was. I got a pay increase. And um, it was really fucking boring, like for me as a person. My other job was actually like more exciting in a sense, but still not something I like wanted to do every day, but just comparing the two. And it really so I was in kind of both of those positions for probably like five years because I worked there for almost 10 years. So in the second position, that was like halfway through working with him. That's when the pandemic happened. And that I think like everybody else made me just reflect so much on everything. Like just just look at what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And honestly, this started a little bit before the pandemic for me. The pandemic just kind of like nailed in like, okay, like this is serious. Like I really need to look at this because I feel like what I'm doing does not support who I'm becoming. And so I really think that this time came because I really spent a lot of time in therapy, a lot of time working on myself and working through and processing what I experienced as a child, working through that trauma, working through, you know, feeling safer in my environment, feeling safer in my body. And I did that, you know, even before I found tapping. Like I was, like I said, I was always very into self-improvement and um, working on myself. I just didn't realize that, I guess, from whatever I thought that looked like in my early 20s, I didn't realize how much deeper that would go, you know? Um, And yeah, so I feel like basically I, you know, got to a point where I was like, you know, I've spent a lot of time working through this, processing through this. And all of these things I'm doing, like this job that I have, this is me people pleasing. Like I don't want, I don't actually want my life to look like this. I don't want to work for 40 hours a week for the rest of my life in a job, like feeling like I'm wasting my days away. And I know people will think it's stupid, but I just like don't care anymore. And obviously that sounds so easy for me to say now, but like it's really taken a while to get there. I would even venture to say within the last like five months, it's felt so much stronger than it used to feel. Um, But that's, you know, that's why we're here to do this work because nothing happens overnight. It's a journey. So (laughs) that's really why I wanted to make this podcast in general. So basically we're, you know, we're figuring out in the kind of start of the pandemic, like this job makes me feel like shit. And it's basically because I've like gotten myself to a place that almost like isn't me. But I got here because of just kind of like wanting to come off this certain way, not make anybody mad, feel like I'm, you know, being the person I'm supposed to be, I guess. And it was really hard to look at all of that and be like, I just, I mean, even the going to college and then like I, 
was I not only went to four years of college, or really it was like five because I did two years at a community college and then I transferred to a four-year. So I didn't like, I had to kind of like do extra credits because it didn't like transfer over like like amazingly. But I also, because I didn't choose accounting until like two years into college. So anyway, not super fun. But anyway, I chose to go into, to go to grad school for forensic accounting um, when I had worked at my job for about four or five years, I think. And honestly, like I did think that sounded really interesting, but um, I was so fucking depressed like during that time period. And I think that is, I weirdly enough, when I look back at that now, and I was, so I was about 27 or 28 when I graduated from grad school. So this would be, I think I was about 26 when I started it because it was like only a two-year program. And I was so depressed. And I remember I like regularly went to therapy and, um, we would talk about like, and this is why, like, I think it's so important to connect to your why. And like, even the program I'm doing right now, Manifestation Magic, the, the live course, we had a section all about like finding your why. Um, and, you know, my therapist was like, um, you know, it'll just think about how good it'll feel like when you're done with this and you have that degree and whatever. And you can, you know, get a different job or whatever, like work in forensic accounting. And then I was like, I feel like that's the problem, though, that I just like don't even I don't care. Like, I don't want to like this is not what I thought and I don't want to. But I was so into that people pleasing mentality that I needed to finish. I couldn't just like stop going to grad school like I needed to finish that program. And also, like, I would be making more money after that because I could like tell my job, like, okay, I got a master's degree, like, I'm worth more. And honestly, like, that, all of that kept me in that program. Like, but I really didn't like it. Like, I, like, like I'm saying, I vividly and, like, really emotionally, like, remember feeling so depressed. And that was just really difficult. Like, it was just, like, constant. And that was, like, that was just an interesting time because it made me reassess, like, what am I even doing? But of course, that's still like years before I actually like did anything, but you know, to actually change my job. It just made me think like, I I know I don't want to work in this field. And like, I don't even know if I want to work in the field that I'm in. I just am in it. So it feels okay right now. And I know that I'm making this amount of money. And then soon me and my husband started traveling a lot of places and that felt really good. And it probably distracted me a lot because I knew, okay, like I'm in this job and I'm going to save up to travel to this place and this place and this place because that's really what I wanted. But I also really wanted to feel fulfilled in what I was doing. I just didn't know how to get there yet, you know, um, or at, or maybe I didn't like at that time, didn't even really think it was possible for me. So let's go back to the pandemic and kind of realizing, okay, like this is not what I want to do. So you have to understand that when I'm starting with talking about how I am the adult child of an alcoholic and coming from a very disempowered place because of that anxiety, because of that depression, because of that people-pleasing like stuff I was doing, a lot of that comes down to 
not having self-confidence, not having self-worth, not having trust in yourself, not having love for yourself because of how you grew up. And that is truly, truly, truly what I think is like the root of everything um, of the work that I do is really like helping myself essentially and other people build up that self-confidence, that self-worth, that self-trust that maybe you did not build up as a child. You're like an adult now and you're like, I want my life to look different and how do I get there? And that is really what I had to do for myself. I had to decide, first of all, that no, like all of these like nudges I've been getting, all of this like depression and anxiety, all of this is leading me somewhere. And it's leading me to a job that I feel like is fulfilling, to a job that's helping people, to a job that I want to wake up and do every day. But it is like enough people, like I don't think I hear a lot of people talk about this on it. Like I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about this. So that's why I want to talk about it. But truly, when you like go from being in a very disempowered, negative environment, like the one that I grew up in, where everything is negative and everybody is like, oh, my life sucks. Everything's not working out for me. I can't do anything about it. Um, just, I mean, just some of the, the ways I grew up and the things that I heard um, all the time and thinking that, you know, essentially nothing works out for you. Everything's against you. Like, that is really, really difficult to grow up with that and have that so ingrained in you to then be like, okay, like, I'm going to do the things that I want to do and be, you know, empowered and step into this person that I want to be. That is so fucking hard. I'm sorry. I like keep cussing because I feel like that's just how I'm thinking right now. But that is so hard when you're coming from that place and you've spent so much time being in that place. Like that is so hard. It's like the hardest thing that I think that essentially when I think about the journey of that and like kind of switching that like into the right direction, it is so hard because it does not happen. First of all, it doesn't happen overnight. So you have to be gentle with yourself and you have to be consistent with yourself. And you also have to be honest with yourself and you have to like say, I'm going to work on this and it's going to get better and I'm going to feel differently and I'm going to be a, you know, not necessarily like a different person, but you know, you want to change as a person and you just have to keep working on it because it is possible for everybody. And I think that about myself and just like what I've gone through. And I know that this kind of stuff is possible for everybody. If you just make a commitment and you decide something, you know, you decide this is what I'm doing, but like just deciding it is not going to get you there. It's all of the actions you take. It's all of the things that you do to support that decision and all of the work that you do on yourself. So it's not, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, I'm going to do this because in my journey, when I said, I'm going to do something else. That was around 2019 when I started a travel blog. And that's when I was like, I'm doing something else. I want a different life. I don't want to, I don't want this nine to five crap. Um, but you know, like, I don't know if you've heard this, but like so many people say, when you start your own business, 
that is like a whole nother part of your healing journey you didn't even know like existed. (laughs) Um, And that's truly it because you're putting yourself out there and you're doing something different than a lot of people do. You're not just like, okay, I'm going to hide behind this nine to five and get paid to do whatever these people want me to do. You're working for yourself now and you have to, you know, you have to do things a little different and you have to be confident in what you're doing and putting yourself out there because it takes a lot of putting yourself out there, like constantly, constantly putting yourself out there. And that is really hard. But how do you do that when you come from this like negative, ridiculous, like disempowered place? You have to work on it every day and be consistent every day. Um, and you're you're going to have days where you're like, I don't even care. I don't want to work on this. It feels stupid. And that's okay. You have to then like wake up the next time that you're, you feel like into it and be can start your consistency all over again. Um, cause there's going to be times you fall out of it and you're like, I don't even know what to do with myself. But all this is to say is that, you know, within that time when I started a travel blog, I still was at my nine to five. I didn't leave my nine to five until 2021. Um, in September. Yeah, it was September. And that's when I was like, there was something that clicked like around July or August. And I was like, I need to leave my job. The things I'm doing and the things that I want to do, like, are not like the things that I'm doing now are not supporting the person that I want to be. And I'm holding on to this. I'm like stuck in this. I'm like so stuck in this. It's ridiculous. And I need to leave my job. I need to like tell myself, like, I'm making this decision and it's going to be okay. People are going to think I'm stupid, but it's going to be okay. People are going to tell me I'm making the wrong decision, um, but it's going to be okay. This is what I want to do as a person. And that's okay. It's okay. All of it's okay. Um, And then even honestly, my first couple, like I would even say maybe like seven or eight months, um, felt pretty depressing in my self-employment journey. There's definitely moments of like really high highs, but I would say that a lot of that felt really difficult to step into and still does sometimes because I feel like, who am I to actually be enjoying what I'm doing every day? Who am I to work with people who I actually like think that I'm helping and I'm making like a real impact on the world besides doing like crap that I just you couldn't even like pay me to care about because honestly, like that's why I quit. (laughs) Um, like who am I to do those things after coming from this place where my, you know, parents don't live a really like empowered life of like, I can do anything and the world is, has my back and like all of that kind of stuff that I'm super into now. Like, like I do not, I just, I want to express that so deeply. Like I do not come from that in any sense of the word, like of that phrase at all. Like that is completely the opposite of anything I was ever taught. So, um, all this is to say that I just think that it doesn't matter where you start as long as you kind of have a vision of where you want to go, it is totally possible for you to get there. As long as you start to build the belief in yourself that you can get there and empower yourself to know that you deserve to get there, which, you know, all of that is a journey in itself because 
you, you know, it's not going to be overnight. Like none of this is quick. None of this is like, oh, okay, tomorrow I'm going to believe I deserve this. That doesn't happen. But you also have to, along with doing work and really being honest with yourself and looking at everything, you just have to, at some point, you have to start to make decisions. You have to, like, I knew that quitting my nine to five, which I still like will probably be like one of the biggest things that made me realize like things have things are shifting for me. Like, I mean, because that's 10 years of my life and that's like literally years and years of like building up to move in this direction, basically, um, from college into doing that. But I just had to decide that I was going to make something else work. I was going to cash out my 401k. I was going to do things against the grain because I just, I was going to believe in myself. I was going to believe in this business that I was creating. I was going to believe that I could make something different work. I just had to make that decision. And you still, like, I still had to work on myself from there. And I still have to work on myself today and allow myself to continue to know that I can make it happen. And I have the power to make it happen. And that's, you know, again, that's really what I like to share in all of my work because I think that it doesn't matter where you start from. You can get to wherever you want to be. And I don't think that that's like, you know, too woo-woo or like, I don't know. There's some people that like all over TikTok that think that all of that's just like crap and that's not like real life and whatever. But I I think that it is real life because I've experienced what I've experienced and I've gotten to where I've gotten to. And, you know, it's like it's definitely, again, a journey and it takes work and it takes time. But it can happen. And I, I think that every time you feel like my life is is supposed to look differently, but maybe it doesn't, that's because like I truly think it's like we all have this like deep knowing of things and we just have to listen to it. And once we start listening to it and start following the things that we actually like hear that come up for us. Like it's like I think about how that, you know, when I said I, in my grad school program when I was so depressed and I was like I, I just want to be done with this but I don't want to quit. Like I think about like what would happen if I just quit though? Like if I just actually listened to that. But of course I wouldn't like have learned that lesson, you know. So, anyway, all this is to say that, you know, I just think that anybody can get where they want to be. Um, as long as they work on themselves and build belief in themselves. And that's really why I do this work, because I think that like I 100% believe that you can build belief in yourself if you work on it and you know that you're meant for more. You know you're meant to, you know, have a different life than you have now. I truly think that it's available for everybody. So like I kind of said at the beginning of this, um, the podcast episode, I have a circle called the EFT Tapping Soul Circle that is free and it has like 80 plus tapping meditations that are all supportive of you just like, you know, stepping into your best life, empowering yourself, 
upping your self-confidence, upping your self-love. That is like really the basis of everything that I'm doing, no matter the topic that we're tapping on. It's all about self-empowerment. And I also work with people one-on-one if you want to like dive deeper into your personal stuff you're going through, your personal story, and how you can work through the things that you're, you know, feeling resistance around and the things you're kind of stuck on to get to where you want to be. Because again, I have so much experience (laughs) in just my own personal story and also working with other clients and just seeing like them have aha moments and, you know, really creating a life that they truly want to live. So I work with people one-on-one. I do one-off sessions and I also work with people in three-month coaching capacities. So that looks like 12 different, um, Zoom calls um, for during that three months. And then we also have additional Voxer support, which if you're not familiar, Voxer is like voice messaging slash text messaging. And you'll get to like reach out to me during the week um, and when you're, you know, if you're going through anything and need any additional support. And yeah, and I do other like programs and stuff like that. And obviously I talk about all of that on the podcast. So yeah, I hope you liked a little bit more of my story and kind of like how I got from one place to the other. And if you ever want to reach out and chat about any of this, if you are in a similar situation or have gone through a similar situation and you want to just connect feel free to connect with me either on Instagram or email. You can see how to reach me in the show notes. And yeah, and if you want to work with me one-on-one, you can see that in the show notes as well. And if you're, if you want to work with me and you're unsure of how, you know, that like would look for you, you can also book a 15 minute free discovery call. And yeah, so that's really it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a little bit more about me and you know, I plan on making different episodes that kind of go deeper into like different parts of my life as well, because it's like very condensed. But then when I talk about things, I'm like, oh, yeah, and then this and then this and then this. But um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked what you heard, It would mean so much to me if you left a five-star review so more people can find my content. If you want more from me, you can find me on my website at NicoleForReal.com, on Instagram at Nicole.4.Real, on TikTok at Nicole.4.Real, and on Insight Timer, a meditation app at Nicole.4.Real. I want to thank you again so much for being here, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.